It's time. It's time. Passcode accepted. Downloading the Down South IT Podcast. Hello, everybody. Glad to have you with me. This is the Down South IT Podcast. My name is Clark. Coming to you from the heart of Cajun country, where is nothing but bonfires and Christmas lights down here. A plenty. Oh, yes, it is the season. Tis the season. Love it, love it, love it. Now, before we get into the episode, I do want to apologize. This one is a little bit late because I had some technical difficulties. So, I'm actually having to re-record the entire podcast because... Apparently, my computer hates me today, but it is what it is, and we're going to make it happen, so here we go. So, on top of everything else, we can go through, and before I get started with the actual episode, I want to remind you that everything will be on the show prep, as always, and that's going to be on the homepage of the the website, downsouthitpodcast.com. And look under the embedded player and it'll be right there. Just click the link on show prep and you're going to look for episode 1107. That'll be this one right here. And you can follow along and see all the pictures from the stuff I'm going to talk about here in a little bit. Plus some of the stuff that you may want to try with what I'm going to talk about. But all that and a whole lot more is on the website, downsouthitpodcast.com. Go there, have have a peruse around, check it out and do you can. There's all kinds of cool stuff there, man. Just go ahead and check it out. Go through the whole thing, all the videos, the build guides, reviews, the Fender newsletter, all kinds of different things you can go on there and check out. On top of getting caught up with the podcast itself, everything is there. One-stop shop. Go for it. Also, while you're there, you can click the store link and head up to the store and catch up, catch some merch. I think right now, if you go, if you get stuff right now, I'm pretty sure it will be able to come in before Christmas. Sometimes that that stuff does take a little bit of time to to get made and shipped. So you might want to go ahead and get that early. But the link is right there at the top of the page. Just click store and it'll take you straight to the merch store. And last but not least, if you're not doing it yet, you should be. But go ahead and get the Upside app and use my code 5W96S whenever you sign up. That's my referral code and it'll get you a bonus offer whenever you get your first fill up. Plus everything that you you get i get a little bit back on it too so that actually helps out the podcast we both win everybody saves a little bit of money and that is definitely a good thing so if you can't remember that code head over to the website and it's down south it podcast forward slash upside and you can click the link right there it'll take you straight to the app and it'll also put in my referral code for you so you don't even have to remember it down south it podcast.com forward slash upside so now, getting into the actual heart of the episode, this one's going to be a little different because you can do all kinds of different things with this n- nifty little product, but you could also completely and utterly replace your desktop or your laptop if you really, really wanted to. And what would that be? That would be a Raspberry Pi. I've done a few different podcasts on these already, but being that it's close to Christmas and they're are seem to be a little bit more available than they normally would be, you know, at least 
especially during the pandemic, everything, you couldn't find these things at all. So now they're actually kind of starting to come back a little bit and you be, you're able to find them. And the pricing has actually not been too terrible on these considering again, during the pandemic, these things went for crazy sums of money, even though they're really not that much to write home about. But the fact that there were a computer and had a chip and all of that stuff, that was the main thing that you really couldn't get your hands on besides graphics cards. But these things, very cool, very cool. You can actually do many, many different things with them. I have several around the house doing different functions, but there's a few different models. And, you know, just in case I never actually did go through and went through and told you what exactly a Raspberry Pi is, it actually is, it's an SBC. It's a single board computer. They're about the size of a deck of cards with a few, you know, pins and plugs and stuff like that and outputs attached to them. But basically it's just a single board computer with all the main functions of a laptop or a phone, minus the calling part, of course, or a desktop built into a single small board. It's made to be manufactured cheaply so that they can get into as many hands as possible. The Raspberry Pi Foundation was actually created to get these little computers into schools and to young people's hands so they could learn to code and do different programs and apps and different things like that so that they can shape the future as technology innovations continue. So the whole thing was that they wanted to get these into the hands of, you know, very young and very low income students. That way they can learn to use these things, write code, do different things, and use technology to get ahead and learn some new skills, which is always a good thing. But the good thing is, on top of them doing this so cheaply and everything, they put it into out into the civilian market, and now everybody has basically gone nuts with these things. Because you can do so much with these. Now granted, they, do, they don't run Windows. They, well, you probably can now, actually, on these. Uh, not that you would probably really want to because they don't have a whole lot of RAM and everything, but for the most part, and especially you, you could do a very light version of Windows if you really wanted to. They are they do do ARM versions of Windows now, and these do have uh, ARM processors on them, so you could technically do Windows on these. But the main OS that you use on these is Raspberry Pi, and that is a distribution of linux it's actually a distribution of debian so it's kind of along the same fork as ubuntu and a few others but for the most part that's what you use you use a distribution of linux it comes with a full desktop a suite of different programs and things like that that you can learn to code you can add your own of course and being that it's such a tiny little device you can put it anywhere mount it anywhere and Granted, they, they aren't going to be as crazy, you know, fast or crazy strong as a regular desktop or a full-fledged laptop like they have around now. But if you don't really do a whole lot of productivity work or if you just kind of browse the web and check email and stuff like that, something like a Raspberry Pi 4 or even the new one, the 5, would you could actually use that as a desktop replacement especially if you don't use it, do a whole lot on it. And, you know, like say you just check Facebook and stuff like that, it'll still be a little bit slow, 
but it won't you could actually use it it would be a useful thing and you could do it and you could do it for about 60 bucks rather than the 500 that it would take to get a decent laptop now raspberry pi does have several different versions of it there are a few different models floating around out there right now and i'll just talk about a few of them they're not a whole lot of them uh i mean there's probably six or eight different models but there's only like three or four that are actually you know out and about right now and worth actually getting so that's really the ones i'm going to talk about today and the first one is going to be the pi 400 and this one is actually a full raspberry pi board i think it's the same chip and ram and setup and everything as the raspberry pi 4p 4b that i'm going to talk about in a little bit but that one it's actually laid out a little bit different and integrated into a keyboard so it basically just looks like a keyboard with some plugs on the back of it and you just plug in your power your mouse you know and a display cable and you have a full-fledged computer in right there built into the keyboard so it's very handy to have it's a cool little thing and the fact that it's all integrated is very cool and it, like I say, it's a full desktop right there in a keyboard. Kind of, kind of nifty. I do have pictures of it uh, on the show prep. If you want to go check that out, downsouthitpodcast.com. Right under the embedded player, click the show prep link. It's right there for you. You can see it. That way, you can kind of get an idea of what it looks like. So, but there is that version. Then there is the newest board that just came out. There's the Raspberry Pi Five. This one is a lot more powerful than the last gen. It's a lot faster. This one does have an ARM CPU uh, from Broadcom and it runs at 2.4 gigahertz. It has a few different models depending on what how much RAM you want in it. It'll go anywhere from two all the way up to eight. So you could get up to eight gigabytes of RAM on this. It does have a full complement of four USB 3.0 slots and even now has a the which is very new a pcie connector so you could actually add an m.2 drive to this so you could put an m.2 ssd to expand the storage of it rather than using an sd card which is kind of the default you know whenever you're using these raspberry pis that's what everything runs on a little micro sd card so if to expand the storage if you had an m.2 drive that's actually a really nifty thing and the the fact that they could actually put that in there and get it for as low price as they did is impressive but most of the raspberry pi 5s are going to run you probably between 60 and 90 dollars it just depends on how much ram you get in it so it just kind of depends on that this one being the the newest flavor of everything you know it's going to be a lot more expensive but it's still a very capable little computer and you can do just about anything you want to with it now i'm gonna go through some of the projects and stuff like that that you could do whenever uh and a little bit toward the end of the podcast but just know that you could you this one actually probably could be a a desktop replacement it really and truly could next up is the pi zero two w and this one is basically it's a half board so if the regular Raspberry Pi is about the size of a deck of cards, this one is half that size. And it still comes with the CPU, the RAM, everything you need, but it's in a half size. And these are these are cool little things, man, because these were made mainly 
not even to have displays or anything like that, but it does have Wi-Fi built into it. So all it needs is power. And the big thing with these was this was more for IoT. So this is like Internet of Things, smart home devices, little things like that, even radio control cars. I've seen people use these to do, uh, like I say, radio control cars, radio control planes. I've seen them use the use them as controllers for security cameras, for watering systems, for plants and stuff outside. It's just it's a very tiny thing, and you can use it headless without a monitor or anything like that. So once you get into it, it and set it up, it's just there. All you have to do is run power. Very cool little thing. Granted, it's not nearly as powerful as a four or a five. But being as tiny as it is, you could use it for smart home stuff, you know, all of your bulbs, your your different uh, things like that. So this one is a really cool little thing. It, it And the good part is the Wi-Fi, there is a one that's not Wi-Fi, which I'm not sure why you would want that because it, it would, but it, they do make them. But the Pi 20W is the one with Wi-Fi and they start off at only 15 bucks. So if you're wanting to tinker and do different things like that, they have this and it starts at 15 bucks. This one has an ARM CPU. It's a, a ARM A53 and they run at one gigahertz and only have 512 megabytes of RAM. So these aren't nearly as powerful as the five or the four or even the three, but it's the fact of how small it is and where you can place it and use it is the main draw for this one. Next up is going to be the Raspberry Pi 4B. This one is the older model. It's not the uh, the new one, the, the 5, but it's still very capable, has a good mix of input and output, and a very strong, very, very powerful. I have one of these, and it is uh, by far the best Pi that I've, I have other than, you know, com out of all of the ones that I have, this is the only four, and this one is probably the most capable does have an ARM CPU. It's dual micro HDMI out. So you do need a micro HDMI to HDMI cable to get display on it. But this one is strong enough. You could actually run dual 4K displays off of this little thing. It has USB 2.0, USB 3, and gigabit Ethernet on top of having Wi-Fi. So it has a great mix of input and output cool little thing at the only the only drawback i've seen with with going from the around the era of the pi threes to the fours and the fives is the power supplies these things take so much more power now you used to be able to get away with doing a just a regular micro usb phone charger for the raspberry pi 3 and it would run no problem but these being that they're USB type C with the four and the five, the the wattage and the amperage that you need to run it are is a lot more. You need at least a two, two and a half to three amp uh, charger to be able to run these things. And, all, and with, of course, with a lot of amperage and a lot of power comes a lot of heat. So these things do tend to heat up a little bit, especially the fours and the fives. So just kind of keep that in mind. So if you do happen to want to pick one of these up, you may want to look at the Canna kit that has the case with the fan on it. 
that would definitely help and keep things cool. Now, as you go back a little bit further, then you get into the Pi 3B Plus. I've got at least two or three of these floating around the house doing various things too. So these are still very capable devices. Runs at 1.4 gigahertz. It is an ARM CPU again, up to four gigs of RAM. This one actually has a full size HDMI out. So you don't have to use any kind of weird cables or anything like that. It only does have uh, fast ethernet. So it's only hundred meg ethernet, but and USB two instead of USB three. And it has the micro USB power connector. So if you have a bunch of spare phone uh, chargers from Android and stuff like that, you know, laying around or an old Android tablet that you got the, the charger, you don't even have to worry about a power supply because that's probably going to be enough to keep to to run that. And everything else is good and does have built in Wi-Fi. They're still very capable little devices. They just do tend to run a little bit slow just because it's only running at 1.4 gigahertz. It's not running at, you know, two or uh 2.5 like the the fours and the fives so it's a little bit on the slow side but they're they're still very useful and linux is really light so it really doesn't take much to run it but as far as that goes that's kind of the main ones that i would look for most of these are going to start off probably in the 30 to 5 to 40 dollar range and then they'll go all the way up to around 90 so i mean depending on what your price tag is and like I say even the, except the pies the zero the Pi Zero is going to be, you know, 15 bucks, maybe 20, depending on where you go. So those are very cheap. But the actual full single boards, anywhere from 35 to 90. So anything in that price range, I would stick mainly because I don't know how available the fives are yet. I know they're selling them, but I don't know if they'll be out like in stores or anything like that. I know Target sells these. For sure. So if you kind of wanted to poke around Target, you could look. But the the 3Bs I know are out there. The 4Bs I know are out there. And I think I've seen actually the Pi 400s, the ones with the keyboards. I've seen those floating around in stores too. So and I, I want to say those are like 80, 60 or 80, something like that. Those are a little bit higher because it's built into the actual the actual keyboard. But... That's basically the models I would suggest for you if you want to do stuff like that. And what are some things that you could do with these? And again, on the show prep, I have all the links on how to do the guides and stuff like that that I use whenever I do stuff like this. So I went ahead and got all of those linked for you right there on the website, downsouthitpodcast.com. Under the embedded player on the show prep, click uh, episode 1107 again, and it'll be right there at the bottom of the page. And here's all of the products, some of the, just some of them. There's so many, you could just search Raspberry Pi project and they'll have thousands and thousands of different things that will come up and guides and build, you know, build guides and different things like that, that you can do with these things. There's so, so much, but these are kind of the ones that would have a really big impact and are really actually kind of fun to, to set up and different. So that's kind of why that, I got drawn to these, but the first one is going to be pie hole. And basically what pie hole is, it's a DNS sinkhole and it takes out the ads on your network. So you hook this into your network, you install the program and then you point your router to your raspberry Pi, And it'll basically anytime that an ad on a web page or something like that, 
has to call for a DNS address to be able to load. And it does, it, it, it does this very fast, but every time it, it does that, it'll go to the pie. And then from the pie, it'll just die. So you'll see like a placeholder for an ad, but you actually will never see the ad. So it can kill ads on if you, especially if you do it like that and run it to where your router points to it, then anything that's connected to your router will also do that. So you, you won't get ads on your entire network. It's a cool little thing. A lot of, uh, a lot of websites are starting to try to block it because it's so popular and it's killing their ad revenue, which to me that I just give them the finger and say, ah, ha, ha. But I still do it. I have one set up and it works perfect. I love it. It does help a lot. Sometimes it does kind of throw off apps and, you know, stuff like that whenever you're trying to sign into them a little bit because it just kind of depends on the, the, the IP address of, you know, what you're trying to sign into. But it's easy enough to disable for like 30 seconds, let you sign in, and then it works, and then you don't have to worry about it anymore. It's a very easy thing to do. It's easy to set up. And it's it's really a, a cool little project. And like I said, it's for 30 bucks. Is that worth killing all of the ads on your network? Even the stuff like even the, the, the little ads that pop up on the home screen of my Roku get blocked most times because of that. It won't it won't block any of the video ads on YouTube. I wish it did, but I don't think they kind of got that sophisticated yet. So if you watch a lot of YouTube videos and stuff like that, you still will see those ads and everything. But for the most part, any any like pop ups or ads embedded into a Web page, most of that is going to be blocked. So you'll still probably end up getting blocked about 80 percent of everything that you normally would see. Next up is a retro game console. Now, legally, I can't tell you where or how to go find the game files to be able to make this work. But I actually did a complete tutorial, video tutorial on this and how to build a, re a retro gaming console with a Raspberry Pi. And I actually have that linked on the show prep so you can go check that out. And it takes you through step by step and how to do it, how to load it, everything. So it'll t that way you can play in some old NES games if you're feeling nostalgic. I believe they have like... 15 different emulators built into RetroPie. I mean, if you could, depending on what system it is, and you have to have the correct controller, of course, to be able to do it, but they do have pretty much USB controllers for just about every system. And they got some, some good mixes of ones that you can use and, you know, set the, the buttons to how it works and stuff like that. So there's different things on different ways to do that, but if you're feeling nostalgic and you want to play some old NES games or SNES or even uh, I think it'll support Dreamcast and Sega and even some old cabinet games, you know, the, the actual big, huge ones that we played in in the arcade. If you can find those, I think they do have a couple of different emulators for those too, built into that. So if that's something that you're kind of into or want to do. I would very much suggest doing that, and it works great. I've I got one set up in my living room and play it every now and again. Not as much as I'd like to, but I do still play it. So uh, it is, is very fun, very fun. 
Now next up is Nextcloud. Now I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but basically what this is is the kind of the distribution or the, the community version of Google Drive, but it's a lot more than that. So for this, this is basically, it's a cloud system. It's cloud storage, cloud backup, photo backup. It actually has a messaging uh, part to it that kind of like Microsoft Teams, and it's all bundled into one thing. And the cool thing is you host it. So you can basically set up your Raspberry Pi, put this on there, and then plug in like an external hard drive, and you have an entire cloud backup that you can do for you or for your family. And everybody can have their own account and you can set everything how you know how you want. They can have their own set space, everything like that. It's very cool to do and it's fairly easy to do. It's not too bad. It's I, I've set this up and whenever I tried setting it up, I did it for a few guys at work. And the hardest part was trying to get it to recognize the the actual drive once you did a you you know a, a external drive like that but it wasn't too bad but actually setting up all the accounts and stuff like that was very easy it wasn't hard at all and i mean it, there's so much built into into this thing they've been they've been going crazy with adding features and different things like that but if you you rather sending all of your pictures and stuff like that to google and or have them host it if you'd rather have the ability to do something about it and you actually do it, you host it, you know, all of your stuff stays within your ecosystem rather than somebody else's. You really can't go wrong with this. And it's like I said, it's fairly easy to set up. It's a cool little thing. And especially if you have multiple people, you can all share with with each other within Nextcloud. You won't even have to do anything with that. So it is very cool, and they have a lot of different stuff on there. I definitely would suggest checking it out if that's kind of been on your radar lately, especially with a lot of the weird stuff and censorship and all kind of craziness that's been going on lately. Maybe just hosting your own stuff would probably be enough, and we can get by without you know having to go through with the big tech companies. You know, you can do it yourself. Now, if I was doing this, I would suggest no less than a Pi 4 because you need the RAM and you need the, the CPU speed to be able to do this. So I would suggest doing this on no less than a Pi 4, preferably a 5, but it is very, very cool. And I would, like like I said, I would definitely suggest trying this, it, especially if you have uh, several people in your family. It's, it's just, it makes sense. At least to me, it does. Next up is Magic Mirror. Now this one takes a little bit of doing and you gotta be a little bit crafty to do it, but it is very cool and I've, I've been wanting to try to do this and build one of these myself just for the mere fact of just to make it and see it work. And basically what it is, is if you have a spare computer monitor at home, you basically use that in addition to a pane of glass and so, you know, a kind of a window or a shadow box and you plug everything in, get it working. And it looks like a mirror from the outside, but it's backlit with information that you can set up how you want it. So you can have it to show and it kind of like barely shows through whenever you look at the pictures. So it's, it's really cool, but it's 
goes through and it'll show you the weather, you know, some news headlines, different things like that, your agenda, you know, you you can pull in different modules and stuff like that, that they have set up for this and, you know, create your own and different things like that. So you can have it display what you want it to display. So if you're coming, if you're using it, especially in the morning and stuff like that, it'll have your reminders and stuff like that for the day. If you keep that on your calendar, it'll keep all of that there. So you can see it first thing in the morning, whenever you go getting ready in the, in the morning, very cool little thing, but you do need a, f- a few different items to be able to pull this off, especially trying, you know, finding a, a computer monitor that you're not using is not exactly on everybody's hit list. And I wouldn't suggest going buy one, but if somebody bought, if somebody has one that works and they're getting rid of it and you want to try this. See if you can get it from them for either cheap or free and try it. It can't hurt. And last but not least is Pi VPN. This one, I actually just set this up again. Uh, I had it on the 3B, but I uh, ended up, because it only has fast Ethernet, it wasn't running as fast as I wanted to, so I moved it over to my Pi 4. So I have it on set up on my Pi 4 now, and I'm getting a probably, it probably runs twice as fast as the <laughs> as it did it on, on the 3 just because it has gigabit ethernet built into it. So it runs a lot better, but basically everybody knows what a VPN is. And <clears throat> this one is not so much for being able to hide your location of where you want. You set this up to where you can VPN into your local network. So this is a easy and secure way to get to your stuff at home on your home network. So I actually do this whenever I'm on the road for work. I have this set up to where if I'm doing a podcast or doing research for a podcast or something like that, <clears throat> I get on my VPN, the VPN to here, get everything set up and I already have the drives mapped on my laptop. So it's, I can save it over the network just like I would if I was sitting on my laptop at the, uh, at the house. So that's something that kind of piques your interest and something that you would want to do. I get this is very easy to set up. It didn't, it doesn't take very long to do it. And you can have different credentials and different uh, profiles for everybody in your family if you really wanted to. Or you can all use the same one. Just kind of depends on how you want to do that, but it's up to you. You can add as many clients on there as you want and, you know, just let it run. It's very cool, very easy to do. And there you have it. So if you're looking for something a little bit different for somebody this holiday season, Maybe somebody that you don't know what they want or they're really tough to buy for. Something like this may be, you know, kind of just what the doctor ordered. Just for the mere fact of they can do whatever they want to with it once they get it. So it's it's a nifty little thing. And it's very worth your time checking into. And like I said, just some of this is just some of the projects that kind of interested me that I think I, I would pass along to you. And it's one that I, some that I've actually used and still use to this day, especially with the VPN and Pi Hole. Those I've, I've used for a while now and they work great. So give it, some, give it a thought, give it a try. You never know. You might surprise yourself and find that you really kind of like doing and tinkering these kind of things. But I'll go ahead and end it here just like I always do. Paraphrase from Albert Hubbard. Technology can replace the work of many people, but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. Thank you all for listening. I hope you have a great holiday. I hope I won't talk to you until after Christmas. 
but I have one more before the end of the year, and then I'm probably going to go on hiatus for a little bit, and then start up the next season, you know, probably sometime in January. We'll get there. Got one more episode, season finale coming at you in the next couple of weeks. Until then, y'all have a great holiday. I love you, and I'll see you right back here in the Down South IT Podcast. Later.